Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined as per usual by my colleague, PDP Technical Advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. I thought you forgot my name for a second there. No, no, know you well by now. We've spent a bit of time together, uh, both online and in real life, which is nice. Dan, good to have you back. And we've got a really interesting question here from Mikhail over in Sweden. It's come in via the PDP Innovation Space on the website. Now, Mikhail has just started coaching, so he said, what's your advice to a beginner in the field of football coaching? So very broad, but we've all been there, we've all started somewhere. What are your initial ideas around this? Okay, so, you know, if we were having this question face-to-face, I suppose the first question I would ask is a a little bit more detail about the environment and the players in the environment. So we don't know what age, we don't know whether, you know, what's the objective of the the football training, although that sounds a bit serious, you know, is the objective for people to run around and have fun? Is the objective for guys to try and get to another level? Is the objective for them to be um, elite athletes? I'm starting to use the word elite just to annoy you because I know I know that you don't like it. <laughs> well, it's controversial <laughs> at times. It's not that I don't like it, but it's controversial at times. We'll steer clear of that one for now. But the I think I think also what Macau's got to look at here is, is like you say. So begin with the end in mind. It's something we've talked about before. Is what are the outcomes? Um, if the, if the players, you'd assume if he's a beginner, he's probably in a fairly grassroots environment where he's working with players who are there for the enjoyment. So first and foremost, I think you've got to create an environment where players are falling in love with the game. They're having a positive sporting experience. They're engaged in social connection with their friends. Um, They're enjoying the challenge of winning and losing and and learning uh, about the game and and learning the lessons that sport provides. So I think on on a very basic level, it's about making sure that those players are enjoying themselves. Then you've got to look at obviously developing your own knowledge, both both in terms of you know learning and teaching, and of course the game itself. Obviously, as a coach in any code, you've got to have that understanding of the game. So I think the big one here for Michaela is to have that natural curiosity, that real desire to learn is essential to developing yourself as a coach, and constantly you know looking around you for for good content. And obviously, that's what PDP has been formed for is to really aggregate. Uh, a network of top contributors. So obviously recommend that Mikhail jumps on the site and and has a real dig through some of the blogs and some of the other members content there. Um, But I think that that environment is the key. And I think if he can build a place where players are engaged, they're feeling a bit of connection, they're looking forward to coming to training, that's going to be a really good start. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the one of the things, you know, if you were starting from scratch as a coach is about sort of building that rapport with the players. And and a really simple way to, to sort of get your mind in the right place for this is to ask the players or to understand the, why they started playing the game. So if they're very young players, they'll be able to tell you. But if they're a bit older, they might have to, to go away and think about it. But a lot of them will give you really simple answers of like, I love being with my mates. I love being outside. I love scoring goals. I love beating people. It might be I love smashing people in tackles. And and if, 
if we if we sort of like you said build on that you know that initial love for the game i think you're going in the right direction and then if you put that together with you know trying to build some rapport with the players which we've spoken about and we've written about about you know understanding them as people as well as footballers so you know what motivates them and why are they there you know and, and perhaps some of the, the the context around the player and then in terms of practical examples we've done loads of small q and a's on this haven't we about you know practical uh, tips and, and hints about how to make the environment um, probably more player-centered. So, you know, things like avoiding lines and cues and having, you know, uh, lots of games going on at the same time, lots of chaos, um, lots of interference, because that's what the players want to do, especially if they're, if they're at their age. They want to play, they want to learn, they want to experiment, and they want to go back to, you know, what I said at the beginning about why they love the game. You know, they want to turn up to training, and if they're a goalkeeper, they want to dive around and stop the ball going in the goal. So don't spend hours and hours of passing the ball from comb one to comb two to comb three because the players want to do X, Y, Z. And then I suppose it might be about building those sort of constraint-led games to maybe take the, the coaching a little bit more seriously and taking it into a direction where you could teach them some of the principles of play and, and some of the you know the tactical ideas of the game. Even if they are young players, you could do that in a 3v3 or a 4v4. And again, there's loads of sort of uh, short Q&A videos on that, isn't on the website. Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, at the same time, you're looking to maximize that contact time, aren't you? I mean, if Mikhail's only working once or twice or maybe even one session at a game with these players, it's about working out, okay, what do they need this week that's going to make sure they maximize every minute at training as opposed to focusing on what he needs perhaps as a young coach or a developing coach uh, in terms of how he's learning. So I guess to sort of segue to that as well, it's about uh, doing as much reading and research as you can, um, but also potentially getting yourself alongside some mentors or going in and observing coaches who are working in different clubs or at different levels and and really trying to immerse yourself in in the world of football and and try and connect with people as well. I think there's a lot, lot to be said for networking and then going observing uh, coaches you know who are working in, in environments that can show you what a good session might look like in terms of organization and I think being organized is the first thing as a, as a coach when you're starting out is going to make your life so much easier you know if you're there early you're organized the session's laid out you're going to take the pressure off yourself and you can just then focus on the players yeah and uh, we've spoken about this before but it's put i sort of use the 90 10 percent rule of you know the formal qualifications are important and you do learn a lot but it's probably only 10 percent you know the informal learning which is you know probably where the, the, the pdp came from is you know learning about the areas of the game or the areas of learning or the, the psychology or the the motivation or how do i uh, film my sessions and all that sort of stuff which probably isn't taught on a course yeah, you know, the, the informal learning is, is, is probably super important. And then alongside that, the informal learning of the, of the game. So you can learn, you know, some X's and O's through your UA for B and UA for A, but you can also learn going to a live game and, and sitting in the stand and just watching a number seven for 45 minutes or, you know, watching two teams playing opposing shapes. And whilst that might not be super relevant to under eights, you know, you are taking them on that journey. So some of the principles of what you're doing at a young age will be exactly the same as what, you know, Arsenal are trying to do or Everton are trying to do. They just might do it in a more advanced way. So you then you've got the skill of, OK, how do I break down this to make it relevant for, for eight, nine, ten year olds? Um, some of the, the Q&A content that I think would be you know worth checking out would probably be the, the video on how can I affect every player at training? I think that's quite a good one for all coaches, but especially if you're a beginner. 
And then um, how can I engage players quickly? So we've talked about, you know, players turn up and they want to do, you know, the things we've already talked about. They want to play, they want to smash people, they want to score goals, they want to run around. And we've got a, a few sort of hints and tips on, on how you can do that. Any other sort of research or any um, articles you'd recommend on the website? Yeah, definitely. There's a great research review by our resident professor, uh, Bill Harper, over there in the States, and that's on successful talent development in soccer, which is just sort of about creating that environment to develop young players. Um, also recommend any of the blogs by guys like Mark Upton. He's also got a great magazine article called The Perfect Storm uh, in issue five of the magazine. Uh, our own Jimmy Vaughan has work around in the environment and training design, as well as his colleague over there, AIK, Marco Sullivan, who's written some great content uh, for the magazine and the blog. So look, plenty on there for Mikhail to, uh, to check out. Dan, any final thoughts on this topic of starting out as a coach? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you did mention it, but you sort of dropped it in quite subtly. But I suppose stay curious is really important. So stay curious about to learn about your players, to learn about the game, to learn about how they learn, um, to, to network with other people and to be quite busy, you know, through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through, you know, even through text messages to get out to see those guys, to observe good coaches, to study. All of those things are, you know, for me, staying curious. And I suppose it's also being quite patient with how you're going to get this information. It's not going to be one book. It's not going to be one webinar. It's not going to be one article. And so I always use the logic that when I do watch a webinar or, or go and watch somebody coach or listen to somebody speak, it, if I learn one thing, then it was worth doing. And I think those sort of golden nuggets of learning one thing every time you go, if you learn one new thing every single day, then, you know, in a few years, you're going to be winning, aren't you? Absolutely. That message of uh, constant desire to learn is something we'll continue to push. Dan, thanks again for your time today on another PDP Q&A. We'll look forward to another discussion very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.